Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Teresa Masterson. I am originally from Kingston, New York. I've been living in Italy for eight years. Um, I used to be a newspaper reporter, then worked in uh, TV production, and then I worked as a news writer and editor for NBC in Philadelphia for eight years before I moved here. Now I'm a freelance editor and writer. Oh, dear. <laughs> Our cat is in the room. Tell me if that's a problem. That's okay. I didn't realize I, like I hearing, locked him I know, in. I like hearing your cat, Renato. Renato, the traveling cat who has an Instagram page. I love Renato. I would love to hear Renato add in his two purrs every once in a while. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> My major was history, English, and political science, and I had a concentration in journalism. Um, so this is going to be an informal interview. Um, for the listeners in the past, I've kind of prepared questions so that I would follow them and so that whoever I interviewed would follow them. Maybe a little ad-libbing. Today, we're, uh, how many days are we into this quarantine here? In I was going uh, to ask you. <laughs> I uh, think it's, what's today, I the think 22nd? It's 12 days, yeah. So we're 12 days in. Ain't nobody writing questions ahead of time, people. <laughs> We're, we're past that. We both just had our glass of wine at lunch. We both, I've got a carb coma going on. I just had some pasta. Things get more relaxed. Yeah. Time stands still and melds together. Relaxed don't is know a very kind is. word. <laughs> I would yeah. say a little crazy. Yeah, I'm relaxed. I don't know. Yeah, well, I think I, I, I could speak for myself because I'm by myself with a dog, whereas you are with your mother-in-law. Why don't you tell the listeners what your situation is? Well, um, <laughs> we we live in Rome, but right before the lockdown happened, we came to southern Tuscany, where my mother-in-law lives, where my husband's from, because it was very important for us to be with her. She's 85 years old. She's obviously in the most vulnerable population for this ridiculous, insane, uh, terrifying virus. She is 85, but don't uh, for a moment think that she is some doddering old lady. She is a force to be reckoned with. <laughs> she's she's really, in Italian, she is bravissima. I mean, the woman still works all the time. She has better fashion uh, style than I will ever have in my life. I mean, she wears stilettos and... <laughs> And jeans with rhinestone hearts on the butt. I mean, she's amazing. But she's also Italian. And that means that uh, I'm not sure if people who don't live in Italy know about this, but Italians uh, are a bit of hypochondriacs. Yeah. Or that might be unkind. They have a, a myriad of diseases that anyone outside of Italy has never heard of. Let's see, I could go through them. Uh, there is congestione. Um, truthfully, I have no idea what this is, uh, just as much as I have no idea what uh, cervicale is. Congestione is not congestion, as it sounds like in English. Uh, I believe it's more about an overall feeling of malaise that uh, is concentrated in the... <laughs> in the uh, Maybe in the intestinal area. Maybe. That's that's my idea of it. I might be wrong. But it covers a myriad of problems. Cervicale, that is the biggest mystery to me. Um, I don't know. Tony, how would you explain cervicale? 
Uh, cervicale. Well, here's the first thing. I'm not going to make fun of the Italians because no. I used to make fun of the congestione. And last year, you got to be careful <laughs> because you make fun of them and then it happens to you. Last exactly. summer, I got the congestione. It what was frightening. It? Okay. So, you know, when, like in my case, I felt like I had a brick in my stomach. I can't describe it other than like feeling like I had a brick, just overall brick in my stomach. And I felt kind of queasy. So I was like, I'll just go to the bathroom and splash some water in my face. And then there was a line for the bathroom. And I, by the time I got in the bathroom, I could barely even like splash water in my face. I get back to the table and I'm green. I didn't have to say anything. My friends were like, what happened to you? I, and we went, oh, and then we went outside. They're like, oh, let's go get some fresh air. It'll make you feel better. Well, it was really hot. It was the middle of the summer. We ate dinner. I really didn't eat that much though, but I think before dinner I had like I think what happened was I had a gelato, which is cold. <laughs> you know how they feel about <laughs> oh my the gosh. Cold stuff. Oh my gosh. You are um, Italian. I, you you have turned into an Italian. I had oh they've taken they've body snatched me. I've been saying I've been here 17, 18 years. So I had cold gelato and then my friends, that's what it was. I had I ate dinner and I had a little gelato, like a little uh, ice cream sandwich after dinner. And then my friends were like, oh, we're going out. You want to come? And I was like, sure. So I ended up just getting like a piece of bruschetta and a glass of wine just to keep them company. But it was, I remember thinking, oh, this is not good because I just had ice cream. And um, and it was so hot in the restaurant. So hot, Teresa. I was just like, oh. And then we went outside and it actually cooled off and it was breezy. And you know how it is when you go, that brings us to uh, Copadaria. That brings us to Copadaria. Yes. Because Copadaria is when an Italian is hit with air. That literally means hit of air. And that causes, I mean, everything. (laughs) Air hits you and it causes everything from a cold to flu to, um, oh, Copa di strega, like that's the hit of the witch when you have like um, your 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 neck uh, is sore and can't move. Everybody gets that, though. We just don't have that term for it uh, in English. But my absolute favorite, absolute favorite uh, Italian malady is um, anything that has to happen with the fegato, the the liver. Now. <laughs> Now I, oh my goodness. I, I know that we're, we're making light of this. I, I really, I really do not want to be making fun of Italians. I actually, I bring this up because, um, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I tell you the truth, every uh, society, every language has their own terms for something that is not defined necessarily. Like we Americans, if you're not feeling great, uh, you say that you got a bug. That means nothing. Like you got a bug. What does that mean? So, I mean, we all have our diseases. Italians have a few more than others. And the other day, my mother-in-law, I mean, this does get serious. Uh, this humorous uh, discussion of hypochondria, because right now in Italy, we've been in isolation for so long. Uh, Americans are now starting to experience that all over the world. They're starting to experience that. And um, when you take being uh, cooped up in an apartment, a house for a long period of time, along with a possible societal tendency to worry about every single feeling uh, that it might be sickness, Plus the fact that there is this coronavirus that is literally killing people. I think it might be making Italians more paranoid than usual. 
and and it's fears, it's anxiety, it's it's absolutely understandable. But yeah, the other the other day, my mother-in-law had a uh, she has a, a nerve in her arm that uh, acts up every once in a while and gives her pain. With all this anxiety, she's been very tense, obviously, and she started to have this pain. And then it went into crisis mode. Um, she was convinced she couldn't breathe. She really was going into panic, and she um, she's been well sick since. I mean, it, not sick. She doesn't have a temperature. Uh, she is breathing fine. Uh, she was here's here's the humorous part. She's a uh, <laughs> she's convinced it's because I put tomatoes in a soup she ate days ago. <laughs> And by the way, she eats tomatoes all the time. So yes, but I mean, (laughs) telling this, this uh, tomato inflicted illness story is funny, but it's also to bring up the fact that this can't be a singular thing. I mean, you have too much time on your hands. You have too much time to think there's, uh, there's news on 24 hours a day about the people dying. Um, all over Italy, uh, video, uh, lonely coffins that family members can't even bury because you can't gather um, ICU wards where they can't have their family there at all and they're dying alone. I mean, it's a, it's something that's really affecting mental health, I think. It's definitely affecting my mental health. Um, and actually, I uh, about a day or two ago, I realized I possibly have been consuming too much information. I I consume news like crazy, and it's very important to be informed. I've been yelling at all of my American family and friends to pay attention, to know what's going on, to self-isolate, to realize that this is serious. But I've realized that for for me and possibly for everyone in Italy who has been very well informed constantly and has seen it play out in a very serious way every day over information might be too much. It might be too much to know exactly what's going on when you can't do anything about it and when you have no control over the situation. You covered all the different topics I wanted to cover with you. So I'm just going to kind of revisit a few things. So what I found, we all have a responsibility in what we send out to other friends, other people, loved ones, friends, and so forth. And then also we have to be responsible with ourselves and what we allow, how much we allow ourselves to consume every day, like you were saying, because at some point it just gets to be too much. And if you, like I made the mistake last night, I made it a point to take a shower around 11 p.m. and be in bed by midnight and not have any devices on. Um, I actually haven't been binging like Netflix or TV because I've been working on this podcast and some other creative projects. So that's when, when I go to bed, that's when I turn on Netflix and I just do it just to have some kind of storyline in my head that isn't what's going on in the world. Um, but I've made it a point to not be, you know, reading any more information about anything that's going on in the world right now once I take that shower. And when I do that, it helps me sleep a lot better. Um, if I don't do that, then I just find myself anxious all night and waking up anxious. And so I've kind of finally gotten to like a healthier pattern. How would you recommend to listeners to filter out what is not authentic news? I don't like using the word fake news because I just think it's overused and misused nowadays. But um, how do they avoid fake news and 
um, hone in on what they need to be hearing when there's just all this information coming at them all the time? Well, no pressure. Uh, no, no, no. It, <laughs> it, in a way, it's very simple. I mean, it's very simple. And some people don't like to hear it, but um, you have to you have to pick a few reliable news sources, whether it's in Italy, La Repubblica, Corriere della Sera, in oh. the U.S., whether it's the Washington Post, I prefer Washington Post, the New York Times. When it comes to Twitter, I, I try to follow um, journalists uh, or at this moment, uh, experts, um, people who are scientists, people who know what they're talking about. It's, it's tough because it's very easy for people to get inundated with forwards uh, from family, friends. Um, I know we were talking about uh, earlier that on WhatsApp in particular, um, there's a lot of forwarding going on of absolute bullshit. Yeah, there's a lot of misinformation and and a lot of just crap out there. So really like for your mental health, like keep to reliable sources, facts, people who are reporting facts. New York uh, Governor Andrew Cuomo has actually been amazing. <laughs> so if you need to hear something, he does pretty good pressers. But just take in facts, take in as much as you can handle, and then give yourself a rest. I found it interesting what you were saying about uh, putting on Netflix before you go to bed. I mean, I, I suffer from depression, um, and I'm sure people who suffer from depression uh, during quarantine or isolation like it's a it, it can definitely get worse um i don't have uh some magical advice as to how to prevent it or alleviate it um but you reminded me that when my after my dad died one of the things that i did for years i couldn't handle watching uh, real life dramas, like movies that depict a reality that I could relate to and then feel those emotions from. Instead, whereas before my dad died, I could not, I hated horror movies. I watched horror movies like nobody's business because it was, it was something that I couldn't relate to at all. Uh, it will not happen in real life. It was thrilling, uh, it was distracting, entertaining, and uh, it did not make me go down that rabbit hole of emotions that can lead to depression. Now, when I say, like, possibly watch horror movies if you like them, please don't watch the ones about pandemics. Watch the ones about <laughs> <laughs> monsters or witches. Or <laughs> but yeah, no, it's uh, it's along the lines of, Try to distract yourself with things that, that have nothing to do with going on right now in order to give your mind and soul a break. Because, I mean, we're inundated every day. Right. Whatever you can find that is a healthy form of escapism. For me, my escape is the Golden Girls. Um, we didn't talk about maybe how to reach out to people if you know people that are depressed, suffer from depression, whether it be family members, friends. Even somebody that you went to school with that you haven't talked to in 10 years, reach out to people as much as you can right now. Make sure that they have someone contacting them because it's real easy to get into a deep hole when you have depression. And unfortunately, that's kind of a vicious cycle too. Once you get into that hole, then you don't feel like talking to people, even though the exact thing you need is to talk to people. So 
unfortunately, the person in depression can't make that choice to, to reach out. So it's the responsibility of those who are not feeling that depression to, um, in any way possible, make sure that those people have human contact every day. Uh, but I want to go back to also what we were talking about as far as um, information, getting our information. And it's really important to have accurate and true sources of information. So a government has a responsibility to be giving a clear and accurate description of what is happening and clear and accurate instructions on how to deal with the situation and clear and accurate information on what the citizens are supposed to be doing. So what I find fascinating is that we're in a country that is generally speaking, usually when it comes to making people do stuff here, it's just a free for all. It's a free for all. And to see a country of people that are um, just so passionate and so used to kind of doing what they want, but somehow making it work. I mean, all you have to do is watch some footage of people driving cars from above in Italy and you'll see what I mean. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, somehow we make it work, but it's often infuriating and, and not productive. And mm -hmm. so for this populace to come together in the way it has, I mean, yeah, there are still people that are, you know, they've, they've stopped, like, I think out of the million people, they've stopped about 50, 50,000 have been given tickets for, you know, they shouldn't have been out. Um, but I did the math. I think that's 5%. And that's actually not a lot of people misbehaving in a country where normally 99.5% are yeah. misbehaving on a regular basis, you know. Italians do not like I authority. Feel like no. And the government is doing an excellent job. I'm not saying they're perfect. There's Obviously, we made some mistakes here. We could have handled things better. But again, we were the first ones to be struck by this. And considering that the mistakes that were made were made, the government, instead of shrugging their shoulders and trying to pretend like they didn't make mistakes, admitted they made mistakes and did their best to, and is still doing their best to remedy those mistakes, even though it means that the economy is shot, right? All the financial uh, fallout that's going to happen. I mean, we're thinking about it, but we're thinking about human lives here. That's what we're thinking about. Yeah. And I'm right now, I'm so proud to be an Italian citizen. I'm, I have both citizenships. I'm American and Italian, double passports. I'm very fortunate. In this moment, I am so proud to be an Italian citizen. I, I don't think I've ever been prouder of this country. Um, I absolutely agree. And like, right? Yeah. I feel no, like I, this is showing what we can do here. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. I'm, I am incredibly proud of what Italy has done, what Italians have been doing. One thing in the past couple of days that's kind of been making me a little bit crazy and defensive of my Italy, now that the Americans are more conscious of what's going on, what is coming, uh, I think it was just today there was an article in the New York Times and it was what Italy did wrong. And and quite literally, I like I'm going through it and it's saying everything it did as the first Western country to have this happen. I mean, really, this this is the first Western country to experience this like this. And I'm so impressed with the swiftness. And instead, they were going backwards as if they should have done this, they should have done this. In the meantime, none of that's even being done in the US when they know what is about to happen. So I feel like that's so irritating. But the like, even 
uh, Dr. Fauci, uh, who seems to be uh, like very helpful in um, the Trump administration, he actually says mostly facts. Uh, he was on a, a television program the other day um, where he straight out said a lie that Italy did not close its borders to China. You can easily Google that. So you can easily find that out. And Italy closed its borders to China, all flights in and out on January 31st. Um, so this this recent weird tendency to be like, oh, this is why. This is why it's happened so badly in Italy because they didn't do this. They didn't do that. What are you guys talking about? Like everything that I've seen for what you were saying a populace that does not like authority, a democratic society that has freedom, has come together so quickly and with the with the thought in mind that I am sacrificing for the good of the greater population. Thank you for joining me today. It was really a pleasure getting to talk to you. I look forward to a day that we can meet up for a drink. Until then, um, let's definitely have some more video chats. Tony, thank you. Stay well. Thanks, Teresa. Talk to you soon.